Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze and interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. This is Ange, that's Aaron. Hello. We're coming to you live from the heart of Tony's, Napolitano, arguably the best pizza in the city. And you can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com for all of our socials, past episodes, over 410 something or another. I can't count that high right now. And you can find us on your morning commute, Monday mornings from 6 to 6.30 a.m. on BFF.FM. Today, we're really excited to bring you our experience at the Women's March 2020, fourth annual. We were lucky enough to be brought back to the VIP section. Thank you, Sophia Andari, friend of the show, who's been organizing this. And uh, we had a great time. We're speaking today with Kathy Jin of Immigrants Rising, Tiffany Schlain, filmmaker, uh, talking about the power of unplugging, filmmaker, author, all-around badass, and MC for the afternoon, Kimberly Ellis. So go ahead and take a listen, enjoy, and we'll see you on the other side. Honored to speak with Kathy Jin, who is the co-founder and executive dis- uh, director of Immigrants Rising. Thank you so much for being on Bitch Talk. Thank you for having me. Uh, you just stepped off stage after a really powerful speech. Can you tell us a little bit about what the energy was like up there and, and how, how it feels to be here today? I get so nervous, so it was like it was powerful to just see a group of you know an incredible crowd of people, so attentive and so warm and and just to feel a sense of connection to so many people. Um, so it was really wonderful. And uh, you started off your speech talking about your grandparents and your grandmother, and you're the same age now as when your grandmother first voted, correct? And then you, you also had your daughter on stage with you. It was very intergenerational. Can you talk a little bit more about that and the feeling? Yeah. Uh, I really wanted to share the story of my family and how they came to the United States. I'm a sixth generation American. Um, my great, great, great grandmother um, first arrived in San Francisco in the 1840s. Um, and I was not telling her story, but telling the story of my grandmother, who actually lost her citizenship as a fourth generation American, U.S. born, when she married my grandfather, who was a Chinese immigrant. And that story and that knowledge for me has always uh, told me about how um, vulnerable our immigration laws are, but are malleable and changeable, and how we can't take anything for granted, and we also can change the laws that we don't, uh, that are not in favor of us. So um, that story I felt like was important. A lot of people do not know the history of Chinese Americans, do not know how overtly racist laws uh, kept the Chinese from coming here or being able to stay here. Um, and it, it uh, inspires me so much to do the work that I do today and, and saddens me also to see how um, that same racist ideology, the same hatred towards immigrants today is, is so similar to what uh, was then too. On the topic of the work that you do, can you talk a little bit about Immigrants Rising, how you came to become executive director, and and what the important work you do is? Um, So I kind of... It was not intentional. I um, I started this organization 14 years ago. Um, I it was a, I thought it was a moment in history where I couldn't turn away from undocumented immigrants, particularly young immigrants who came here and wanted to get an education. And I was totally naive that uh, federal immigration reform would happen, and I could sort of spend a few years and go off and do something else. And 
Um, so immigration reform has not happened, um, and the immigrants that I started working with and starting to get to know um, and were so inspired by are still in a very similar situation that I was in, or that they were in when I first started. But what has kept me here is not the challenges they face, but the incredible strength that I've witnessed. It's, it's in times where I have been uh, unsure of, of whether I wanted to be in this country, whether I still wanted to call this home, whether I wanted to support this country, that it's them that have kept me here, actually. It's them that have reminded me of uh, the power of this country. It's their optimism, their hard work, their, just, their recognition of the strengths of this country um, that have kept me here and, and, and made me feel, as, as I said in my speech, it made me feel home. I am a sixth generation American and ironically, I feel at home among people who don't feel at home. I mean, among people who feel um, a sense of tenuousness with a relationship for this country. And so that is uh, what started me on this journey and has kept me on this journey. And Kathy, I just want to say thank you for speaking today. Thank you for being on Bitch Talk. And where can people find Immigrants Rising? We are at immigrantsrising.org um, and would love for people to connect with us and, and, and learn about the work that we do with undocumented immigrants and hear the stories from the immigrants themselves. Um, they are powerful and beautiful and, um, and strong. So thank you so much. Thank you. Tiffany Schlein, you, uh, you, so you just came off the stage of the Women's March 2020. I'm feeling a little emotional. How are you? Oh, it's emotional and inspiring. I'm so happy to be. It was so satisfying to give that. It's like I got to write down all the things I've been thinking about with Trump and our country and uh, yeah. You definitely covered a broad range of topics and you also talked a little bit about your personal story and your parents and they seem like you were really raised with, with a really strong foundation. Can you talk a little bit about your relationship with them? Well, it felt like, you know, my mother is strong and my father was important to me. And they both really talked about women and power in different ways. So I felt like it was really important to bring them here because we're all standing on the shoulders of so many generations. And I also talked about my grandparents who, as Jews, you know, had their families die. And um, there's been issues, you know, in the Women's March that Jewish women have not had a voice here. So I felt really honored that I was asked to speak. And... Um, that's been what I've been, I mean, even I'm wearing this shirt, you know, Gloria Steinem from the, you know, it's like, I love that um, women, ha Jewish women have always been part of progressive movements because we've been the underdog for so long. And I, um, I just, I'm really happy that I was able to share my perspective us all linking arms to get the country back and how important that is. And I love that you uh, also brought up our little machines that we walk around with every day of our lives and how that is a voice for the person that's occupying the White House right now. He can manipulate. I mean, that's the thing is like there's so much good that comes from being online, but we're online too much and we're being manipulated by him. He knows exactly how to use them. He's distracting us. He's distorting lies and he just repeats them and he makes us scatter. So there's an important issue happens and he does something to distract us. And we have to stay really focused this year because it's an election year and he's a manipulator. And um, and we have to get him out of the White House. There's just no doubt. Yeah, and if, if you want to and if you can, because let's promote your book, can you talk a little bit about your book that just came out? Yeah. Um, so I just wrote a book about my family and I for the last decade. We turn off all screens one day a week, and it has just changed our lives. And obviously I'm an activist, but you know, just having one day where I step away from all of everything, I just feel like I'm able to recharge and get perspective and think in a way that I'm not able to when I'm online. 
online. And the book is all about encouraging people to really reconsider their relationship to the phones, take regular breaks. And I have a lot of ideas for society as well because I'm a, from a woman in tech and there's a lot of men creating these devices that um, are addicting us. And so we need to consider that too. So the book's called 24-6, The Power of Unplugging One Day a Week. Awesome. Just one more thing I wanted to congratulate you. Newsweek has honored you, one of the women shaping the 21st century, which is incredible. So can you give us, uh, what kind of shape are you shaping it into? What can we look forward to? <laughs> what is the shape? I would like, the shape right now, we need to get it back in a good shape. Um, <laughs> I, I, pear shape? Uh, <laughs> an undulating shape of, um, of really people coming together and um, remembering what we stand for. America is based on an ideal and right now it's in a very bad place and we need to rise up and we need to get our country back to be aligned with our values. Well, are you going to run for anything? <laughs> you know, I have been asked. I not. You know, I love making films and writing, but I feel like culture, like politics and culture, I feel like are double helix and they're both really important. And I feel like I can make a lot of change with my films and my books. And that's just a more comfortable place for me to make change. And um, But I have great respect. I support a lot of women who are running and I... I vary into politics. I just think for me, using my power the best way is to create culture. Well, we appreciate you being on the stage today and on our mics. Thank you so much, Tiffany. Great, great. We have the illustrious uh, MC of the event, Kimberly Ellis. Thank you so much for being on Bitch Talk. No, thank you so much. Bitch Talk, that's what's up. <laughs> We're here to bitch. No. Um, how was that for you today? It's pretty powerful up here, and it's 2020. It's a huge year, so yeah. no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. Well, to be honest, every year is a huge year, uh, some more so than others. But um, uh, it is an honor uh, and a privilege to be uh, surrounded by and engrossed by so much uh, love and um, power. And so for me, serving as the MC really was uh, my way of, of giving back to show support, not just for uh, San Francisco Women's March, but for so many of the speakers and people in the audience um, who do this work on a day-to-day -day basis to uh, really bring about a more fair, more just, and more equitable uh, world for all of us. I think it is uh, really appropriate that you were leading the charge today because for nearly a decade you've led Emerge California, which helps get women elected uh, into important uh, important um, seats. So can you talk about your work with Emerge and how you've really been a driving force between a lot of important elections and, and our, our voice in government? Yeah, well, you know, my work at Emerge was probably one of the highlights of my life. It really, um, I think I got just as much from it as as, as I gave uh, to to the movement and um, one of the things I think that drew me to emerge was because um, it really is about the the end result and at the end of the day we're not getting women elected just for the sake of getting women elected we are getting women elected because the research shows us that when we have more pro-choice Democratic women seated at decision-making tables where our lives and livelihoods are being decided what we get on the other side is policy and legislation that is going to be more fair 
for the entire community. And so for me, it really was about um, understanding the connection between um, the people who sit at the tables of power. Um, and so I have just um, been so uh, inspired by all of the women who have gone through Emerge, who continue to go through Emerge, and who once they run and win uh, are leading with Hearts of Champion, including the very mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, who is an Emerge grad as well. Malia Cohen as well, who's board of uh, 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 Equalization and California's first lieutenant governor, Eleni Kunalakis, all Emerge grads. So, so you basically, um, all of these women are here because of you, is that what you're saying? <laughs> All of those women are there because there were other women who believed in this mission and this cause and uh, and did so by putting money behind it. And I think that's one of the things that uh, I've been talking a lot about as it relates to getting more women elected and very specifically uh, in uh, the African-American community. And that is that we have to start um, um, putting more money behind uh, candidates that we believe in. We have to... Uh, uh, build a culture uh, of giving and I, I was speaking recently to a, a group of African Americans just talking about the discrepancy between um, the level of giving between men and women and, and, and men give more to women candidates than women do and uh, our white allies give more to uh, 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 black candidates than our African Americans do. And so really talking about us understanding that this is not giving money to women to go out and buy a new handbag or a pair of shoes. This is investing in them uh, so that they have a viable chance of, of, of winning. And so um, that is what we must do until we get money out of politics, which really is, at the end of the day, what we need to do, um, and and have real campaign finance reform where we have publicly financed elections at every single level. Do you see that happening in the near future? And and, and if you do, what kind of work uh, is involved in that? Yeah, I mean, to be perfectly honest, it really is going to take us as voters uh, calling out our elected officials. I mean, here in California, we uh, Democrats run the board. Uh, we have a super, super, super majority in our legislature. Uh, we uh, occupy every seat from the governor all the way down. And so there really is no excuse, to be perfectly honest, uh, why our democratically led legislature is not moving forward on, um, you know, real campaign finance reform and setting the tone and the tenor and the direction, quite frankly, for the rest of the country, which is what I believe California, as the fifth largest economy in the world, was born to do, and that is to lead. And so we as individuals, we as voters, we as women need to be leading the charge on getting money out of politics because we know that when money is not an issue, it is a lot easier for women, for people of color, for uh, those living with disabilities, for LGBTQ, for our indigenous um, brothers and sisters, uh, for all uh, historically underrepresented and marginalized communities to run for and win office if money is not an issue. So let's get money out of the way. I agree, and I always say follow the money. So, I mean, that's the pathway. Kimberly, thank you so much for being on Bitch Talk. You can come on anytime. And you did a great job today, so thank you so much for being the host and for, for taking the time. I know you're probably exhausted, so thank you. I appreciate you so much. That was Kathy Jin from Immigrants Rising, Tiffany Schlein, uh, author, filmmaker. Her uh, latest book is called 24-6, The Power of Unplugging. 
and then uh, Kimberly Ellis, who is the MC for this year's San Francisco Women's March. Hope you enjoyed our conversations. We did, um, and we loved being there per the usual. And um, it was a great uh, crowd, I thought. Um, I mean, I think everyone and every other city also felt the everyone's tired a little bit, and um, having to march for everything is tiring. So, um, but the people that were there were awesome. Um, Sophia's awesome. And uh, we had a fun uh, after party afterwards uh we went to um a very secretive club in the city called the elks lodge um which is one of those finds in a city like san francisco where you're like how did this even happen and they have a bar they have a pool we got to tour the place uh there's a lot of history there and then after that we went to Farallon restaurant which has been there for a long time and i've always heard of it and they had an awesome happy hour. So if you're ever in San Francisco, especially downtown, Tuesday through Saturday, 4 to 6.30? 4.30 to 6. There you go. 4.30 to 6. Um, great happy hour. And we chilled there and uh, met some San Franciscans who bought Ange and uh, storied San Francisco's Jeff Hunt, also my fiance, uh, drinks. And that was a fun conversation. And then after that, we had our fundraiser um, at the social study, and that was a lot of fun. I met a lot of new people and new people to Bitch Talk. And um, thanks again to all the people that donated raffle items, Moonlooms, our friend Jackie, Fleetwood, uh, located in San Francisco, W. Kamau Bell, if you don't know who he is, just Google, Lyrics Born, um, Story San Francisco, uh, oh, yeah, and uh, a friend of the show, uh, Top Chef alumni, Chef 2, David Fu. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And uh, we raised some good money for Sundance. We are on our way to Sundance this week. So uh, you will be getting updates, cracked out or not. And uh, we're excited. We're excited to go there for a second time. So, yeah, our next episode you're going to hear on Friday is going to be us in Utah, in arrival in, in Park City and... Uh, our thoughts and our anxiety <laughs> as we approach a, a really crazy week, but it's exciting. Can't wait. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? You never know who's going to show up on the mic uh, for Bitch Talk when we go to Sundance. So anyways, uh, follow us at bitchtalkpodcast.com. All of our episodes, socials are there. Also, every Monday morning from 6 to 6.30, we're on bff.fm. We're powered by GoTo Productions. Bitch, please.